Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, is it? But Um, is it? Welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, a podcast where we talk about the pop culture stuff we like. Our intro music is by my brother Ryan. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And today we're going to talk about the new comic miniseries, Destroyer, from Boom Studios, written by Victor Laval. Mm-hmm. Lavalier. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'd go with the first one. Me too. I thought that one was fancier no i don't even know how you'd get that pronunciation (laughs) it was a lot of work (laughs) i tried really hard uh but we also watched i mean it's almost time for episode seven but episode six of american gods Mm -hmm. and uh we went and saw wonder woman last thursday so yeah pretty sweet deal uh but i don't know other than that what what do you what do you got yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Kids are done with school. Yep. We uh, put in a lot of good work that first weekend. Watched Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Forrest Gump, getting them all caught up on the classics. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't do any of that with you. Yeah. I- I'm just saying. I'm putting their time to good use. <laughs> extra time. Oh. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Good. It's a good flick, though. Yeah. Still fun. Yeah. Have we have we talked about the new Tomb Raider yet? Mm-mm. With Alicia Vikander as no. yeah, I'm not sold on her. We 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 watched um, Jason Bourne again. Mm-hmm. She was still bad in that, and no, she wasn't bad. Her just well, the American movie was accent was like bleh. it was very distracting. Okay. She so, wasn't great in that. I mean, she was fine. Yeah, I liked her in that spy movie. Spy movie. Whatever the one. Oh is. yeah, the man from Uncle. That was yeah, a, that was a right. good movie. And Ex Machina, she was good in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They had a an image released of her as as long as she's Lara not Croft. trying to like fake an American accent. <laughs> Should be all set. Mm-hmm. Didn't Angelina Jolie fake a uh, English accent for the movie? Yeah, but, the, <laughs> but she wasn't like you know. I'm saying. Did she? I I don't remember. I don't remember that. It's been a long time since we watched Tomb Raider. Yep. Um, Tom Hardy is going to be Venom in the new movie, Venom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually don't know what it's going to be called. But uh, they have a new trailer for Spider-Man also, which you said they're already selling tickets for a month out. So we should probably get on that. Yep. Um, I don't know. Speaking of trailers, I guess, Black Panther just released their first Mm-hmm. They called it a teaser trailer, but it was a good two minutes long. Uh, they yeah, they put it out during the NBA Finals game last night, and uh, that looks it looks really good. It looks so, really really good. <laughs> directed by Ryan Coogler, the guy who did Creed and um, Fruitvale Station, which I haven't seen. Me either, but uh, heard good things. Yeah, 
I don't know. The trailer is really cool. It starts off with uh, Ulysses Claw from he was in Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was it Andy Circus? Like, yeah, it looked like Andy Circus, and I said, "Hey, is that Andy Circus?" Oh, no, not Civil War. It was um, Avengers: Age of Ultron because Ultron ripped off his arm, right, or cut off his arm. What? It definitely happened. But <laughs> uh, Martin Freeman and, and they're having a little back and forth, right? Um, Everett Ross is his character, but I, I saw on Twitter they uh, put a side by side of that scene from Black Panther and uh, him as Bilbo Baggins across from uh, Gollum. Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was funny, but I don't know. The trailer's got a lot of cool stuff in it. The Dora Milaje, the female guard, Michael B. Jordan as. One of the bad guys, uh, Eric Killmonger. I had to Google it <laughs> to find out. Yeah. Killmonger? Well, it's a little on the nose. I didn't make it up. I mean, <laughs> it's not my fault. But he, uh, yeah. Wasn't Ironmonger. Yeah. They already used a monger in uh, the Iron Man <laughs> movies. <laughs> and it looks like they might use some of the uh, Tanahasi coats. Tanahisi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you were right the first okay. time. I know I've pronounced somebody's name wrong um, frequently, but they have a, you know, just a line in there about whether a good man can be a good king. And it seems like they're kind of pulling stuff from um, the conflict of most advanced society in the world ruled by a monarch. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. It does look really good. I'm excited. Not for another year, though. Yeah. What, February of 18? Or is it later than that? I don't know. It just said 2018. But. So. Uh, Invisibilia came back also. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. There were two new episodes yesterday or a couple of days ago. I, didn't, I haven't listened to those. I just listened to the first two, The Emotions. They didn't pop up on my feed. Yeah. Not my fault. I haven't listened to them yet. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. You had already seen it, but we. Yeah. We being me and the boys because you took tegan to see it but i was excited to see it because when you came back your report was glowing yeah what'd you think it was fun it was very good yeah i I liked it a little better with the big screen yeah yeah but a little little let down (laughs) no i mean it's just not the same yeah yeah i can see that um we took that calligraphy class that was yeah that was very fun um I really liked the bakery. The class was fun too. But yeah. The bakery was pretty awesome. Yeah. Great coffee. It was good. Good sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally finished Norse North mythology. Yes. Yeah. On our vacation. Yeah. And I started our next book, Autumn. Right. But you have not. No. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the, the Ragnarok chapter? It was good. We, I had a little bit of a in, different interpretation than yours. Whether or not it's happened, like, or not. It was more of like a... Okay. Yeah. Like, already happened, hasn't happened. Yeah. That kind of thing. But it's... I feel it. But it was it was a good, fun ending. I really liked it. Yeah. So, that I mean, I guess Ragnarok, like, really couldn't have happened yet. It's always supposed to be in the future, right? It's like um, Revelations or... I guess. Something like that. It, it foreshadows also the... Yeah, yeah, cyclical. So it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of confusing. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, well, anyway, 
Um, and I started reading Winter People. Yeah. The Winter People, which I got for you for Christmas. It's really good. I'm yeah. very into it. So I'm going to try to like. Power through that. Power through that. Before you move on. So I can maybe finish on. the one book. Yeah. Because so we only have, have the little, one copy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then maybe I can pick up Winter People. Because I did start it. I just mm-hmm. haven't um, made it very far in that one yet. Um, um, I mean, other than that, I've just been waking up in the morning and binge watching The Office and trying to get through. Because you know I never finished it. Yeah. It's still so, funny. It's, yes. still very <laughs> funny. And that's it. Slowly making our way through Twin Peaks and... Very I slowly. Know. I wish mm-hmm. we were moving a little faster. It's hard. Uh, do you want to talk about Destroyer then? Yeah, let's move on. So we were supposed to record like last week before we left for vacation. Uh, and I was going to come up with like more questions for the book. Um, so this extra time you had was wasted <laughs> as far as prep goes. Okay. Uh, because we were having fun. Yeah. Um, not that prepping for this is not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just call it a different kind of fun. Very different kind of fun. So it's a six part series, but I mean, the conceit of the book is just the last descendant of, uh, Victor Frankenstein is, um, a scientist who is, you know, using the science from the monster as well as what they've been working on in this lab to bring her son back to life after a police shooting. And Wait, that's what happened? The police shooting thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was exactly addressed in the first issue, but they talk about it uh, in other places, like where they talk about this series. Oh. Uh, like in the previews catalog, the paragraph that, there weren't is, two issues out already, right? No, it was just oh, okay. one. <laughs> like, did I miss a no. whole thing and I'm like completely unprepared? No, that is what, that's what happened though, I guess is um, what we will find out. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's not, whatever. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a surprise, I don't right. think. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, Victor Laval and Dietrich Smith uh, on with the art. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about about the book? Okay, so... This is an issue that I have with anything that's like pulled from literature, especially like famous classic literature that that people pull from all the time is people can go their own ways with things. And that's that's fine. But I felt like the note from the author was so heavily like I was so inspired by this. And then there were like a few things that just like were gotten wrong and it was so weird or mainly the like I don't know it makes me wonder which, which pole yeah of, I mean he found yeah. it on Antarctica but like yeah. the end of so the of Frankenstein Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was in the North Pole and I mean it makes me wonder like how closely did it really get read if yeah if it was so the book also has the monster Frankenstein's monster who who they find in Antarctica, or who is found in Antarctica, but you're saying at the end of Frankenstein, which I haven't read, Mm -hmm. um, he, I guess he was supposed to have, um, gone off into the Arctic wilderness in the North, but he was going to go kill himself because his master had died and he kind of also can't die. Kind of. Okay. I mean, that makes sense to me, 
uh, I mean, that was just what I had, obviously, because I haven't read the book. Mm-hmm. But what uh, the Laval, Laval was saying was that he had to kind of um, change that part of the story as, like, he didn't kill himself. He's still in the Arctic wilderness. But, you know. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that's really change anyway yeah i mean yeah. i guess <laughs> not a fan no not a fan of that that part of the adaptation it just makes me wonder like how clo- how closely studied it was but i mean i'm not an expert but it just when you when you claim to to take something and not just as inspiration but like continue the story but then you change some things that were original i mean it's such a classic work but putting that all aside and pretending that that stuff didn't bother me i do think that it's weird how chill these people on the boat are running into this monster yeah also calling him it a monster calling him a monster is but whatever (laughs) yeah the um well there were a few weird things there is that um how they all seem to pretty readily accept his presence while yeah. he catches up on everything that he missed over the last couple centuries and decides that humanity is a, is a no go for him anymore. Right. Um, and the fact that this captain of a boat that had a bunch of, uh, anti whaling protesters on it, uh, calls in like a secret code to the shore. Uh, well, about it's, I mean, it's from the, so Mary right, Shelley's Frankenstein is is, is an epistolary. Why would he know to do that? It must be some weird like secret captain's code, right? That's cool. Like I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. But Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was it's an epistolary novel, so everything's written in the form of letters. Is it an so easy read? Or is it like really difficult like Bram Stoker's Dracula? Um I felt it was easier to get through than Dracula. Yeah. Um both are great. There are some parts in Frankenstein that are kind of like, there's just a lot of like wandering and stuff. Yeah. But like, I guess I can imagine that most novels from 1818 aren't that easy to read, yeah. no matter <laughs> no matter if they're famous or not. Um, um, I always find things like that easier to read in a group too, where you yeah. can like discuss for sure the kinds of things that are happening um and and also understanding a bit of the history around the time period that that those things are written helps me get through it too um like just trying to sit down and read something like that can be tedious yeah but i love those things anyway that's my jam right so you know ultimately i guess the the story is going to center on the Frankenstein's monster. What would you call it? Is that not what? No, I mean, it is in the book, but like the whole, when we were studying it, it was like, well, all these things happened to him. Like, w- what is his nature? Is he truly a monster? Or right. because he is, you know, because of of the way he, he was treated by society yeah. and his creator and, you know, w- who really is the monster in the story. Right. But there's really Seems not. Seems like he's going to be the monster in the story though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, he, he saved the whales. Right. And then he crushed or those people's to. heads. Um, yeah, because they were bad dudes. Yeah. Or something. Well, 
I mean, yeah, whaling is bad, but I think they oh. put that part of uh, that interaction between the people on the boat um, as normal people to kind of um, balance how you saw those, the whalers themselves. Mm-hmm. And maybe, um, you know, my impression is that uh, he is, the monster is going to find the descendant of Frankenstein mm-hmm. and he's obviously um, unimpressed with the uh, direction humanity is taking the planet and uh, he will be kind of the destruction half of an equation where uh, what's the kid's name? Akai is going to uh, be more hopeful for humanity and kind of mm. um, the the mother, the doctor will be in the middle of that. But I don't know. I I mean, I thought the art was was good. Um, yeah, it was sometimes disturbing. Yeah. Oh yeah. The uh, the boat crash with the mm-hmm. um, bodies and the unhinged jaw. That that one lady really creeped me out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, six part series. I I'm definitely gonna you know finish it up. Yeah, I'll finish and, it. I'm interested to see where it goes. It is though like really really weird to me the reaction like just i mean from the beginning the almost no reaction of the the crew to yeah. this creature yeah. um or almost like being in awe instead of terrified right which is yeah, they- not i mean that to me is not realistic well yeah is it Different from how people treated him in the novel. Yeah. Like they were all just terrified of him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but still treated him poorly. Okay. You're just going to have to read it. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> I will. I mean, he was just shunned by all society and treated like he was a monster. No. Yeah. I read you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, that's probably it for the book, right? We'll keep reading. Yeah, we'll keep show. reading. We'll see. It'll be interesting to, I mean the, to examine the... The I boy mean, hasn't even showed up yet. Not really. Yet. He's a disembodied right. consciousness so yeah. far. Uh, they were trying to... A little scientific breakthrough, it seems like she made it to the end, so he'll probably definitely yeah. be in the second issue. There's also, like... I mean, I wonder... I, I'm interested to see what direction this is going. Is this going to be... How does society feel about these creatures? Is this going to, like, touch on the, like, moral and ethical um, arguments for for trying to create life in this way? Or is it going to be, like, just some, like, supernatural story? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't really give you a lot of hints which direction it's going. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll be... It'll be interesting. The author, I don't know, um, he didn't have a lot of, or any comic book credits that I saw in his bio that I skimmed. He's mostly writes horror books. Um, and I think he's a professor somewhere. Oh. Yeah. So hmm. a little less impressed even now with his yeah, <laughs> attention I mean, to detail, so maybe. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to, I mean, there, there's got to be. Anyone who writes anything like this makes choices. So there's got to be a reason. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about episode six. 
of American Gods. Sure. Which um, was pretty good. Uh, the beginning was um, this border crossing scene with a, a Jesus, the, these people's Jesus. They refer, they talk about earlier in the series about actually, all the different Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I actually really liked this opening scene. Um, maybe my second favorite. Oh, definitely my second favorite. No, yeah. like as far as the the coming to America scenes go. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the slave ship one was amazing. Right. Um, this one a, a close second because you have this um dichotomy on. You know, you you get um the immigrants trying to cross over into America, and and their belief in Jesus, but then you get the Americans trying to protect their border and their belief. Yeah, they definitely Jesus. portray it as a misrepresentation of I mean and it is of Jesus's teachings. Like well, they're I, misguided in their the way that they think I they're don't know. protecting their border. I mean, yes, misrepresentation, but also I think it's more than that because this whole story is about belief and the belief in something creating that thing. So each group's set of beliefs about who their God is creates that God. And then which one is more powerful, which one is going to win in that one battle that, um, you know, because it's not the same person or it's not the same God. So it's not, not exactly, I think mi- misrepresentation maybe isn't well, exactly the right word. It's definitely their, their misinterpretation, because even if there are different um, interpretations of Jesus, Jesus comes from a book, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's clearly not what he was teaching. But I, I agree with you. I, I'm just saying. Right, but it's not clear to them. So I just right. feel like that there's maybe a more subtle word than misrepresentation or misinterpretation. Yeah. So much as interpretation becomes reality for these people. Yeah. So you you know what I mean? Yeah. And while one I would I would side with one being right and one being wrong, both are equally there and both equally reality right. because of the belief that these two groups have. Yeah. Um, it definitely took a, a turn. It was dark. <laughs> it, was, it was real dark. <laughs> um, started out a little hopeful. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the opening scene was, was still good. I just, it was a little heavy handed, you know, at the end with the, um, the bullet through the hand and yeah. the, the positioning of the body. But, uh, and boy, you want to talk about disgusting this parasite. I think the next scene is Odin and shadow driving down the road. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess in the last episode, shadow had been stabbed, you know, by, stabbed by that, the tree in the, in the police station. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this thing growing inside him that, um, Mr. Wednesday, not Odin, but yes, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, removes, and that's terrifying. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's, I guess, from there though, there's basically the two storylines in this um, in this episode with Odin and Wednesday, Wednesday and Shadow still going on their to rec- Vulcan recruiting tour. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember this being in the book. That no. doesn't mean it was. It doesn't mean it was just maybe something that I don't remember from the book. But I I do not remember this. Yeah. Um, and then the other the other storyline is uh, Laura Moon and the Leprechaun. Mc, what's his name? McSweeney. That's what I was going to say, but I, I, I couldn't remember. Oh, Mad Sweeney. Mad Sweeney. It's Mad Sweeney. And uh, the taxi driver. Yeah, Salim. Is that his name? I don't know. That's what I wrote down. So, uh, but so the the Wednesday Shadow storyline was was pretty good. They end up in this Pennsylvania town. Um, Corbin Burnson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vulcan and I thought uh, so Wednesday's there to recruit him and he's pretty sure that everything will will go smoothly and as the episode kind of goes on um, so what's I don't want to get too much into like the plot details here but what's interesting to me about this whole recruiting tour is as we know because you've told us like seven times just in the past couple of minutes, Wednesday's Odin. That is correct. <laughs> so the nature. I just want to make sure everybody knows. Yeah. So the nature of Odin is that he's the all father and like all knowing, all seeing. So how much is he actually getting wrong? How much, how much is, 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 that- is part of his plan, especially when it comes to these scenes where I don't remember them from the book. I'm, I'm, there's that play that I'm sort of struggling with. Like, does he know how that's going to go? His station though. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, is it, but Um, is it? (laughs) (laughs) I I would say at this point, no. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem like it on the TV show. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically he gets this kick-ass sword. And, uh, I mean, uh, without spoiling the, the episode, I guess there's, um, things kind of go awry. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And or did he takes, they? <laughs> <laughs> he takes a, a big, or, uh, he takes a player for the new, new gods off the board. Um, ultimately in this episode, I think, uh, the other, the other storyline is probably something a little less from the book, right? Yeah, because Laura Moon is yeah, none of it. Uh, yeah, anything outside of Shadow's immediate uh, world perception is yeah is not in the book. I is not as far. As, I mean, except for like small scenes here and there, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, like there's not a a big storyline yeah. happening outside of what's happening to Shadow. And she's uh, trying to find a way to not rot to pieces and get back uh, to shadow and Salim is looking for the gin and mad Sweeney is just wants his coin back. Yeah. And uh, they have a pretty good interplay that little group. Yeah. There. I like this. It's, it's, um, it's a good addition to the story to, and breaks up what's happening in each yeah. episode a little bit and also gives you a little bit of, of other background. That's, that's interesting when you are watching 
a show, it's all dialogue. You don't get like the narration. So this is, it's kind of like a, a cool way to kind of suss out some details about what's going on in other areas. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't actually remember how the episode ended. Me um, either. But it was good. Mm-hmm. And episode seven will be on tomorrow. And then there's only one more after that. Cause that makes me sad. Yeah. Eight episodes for this first season. Seems like not long enough, but mm-hmm. you should just go listen to it. Yeah. Um, I might, I will. I think I've got, uh, especially after our vacation, I have a lot of podcasts piling up, especially now that they've dropped that binge mode Sometimes. podcast that covers every episode of Game of Thrones. Right. That I need to listen to, but sometimes it's good to just skip. Uh, I am skipping some, along. especially the current event ones. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some current event ones, mostly the sports related ones have kind of let go by the wayside, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for American gods. And yeah. We'll talk about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. So awesome. Yeah. I cannot wait to so, go see it again. Right. We'll definitely like, see I'm going to see it a lot. I'll probably just, I'll just go by myself. Oh, well, fine. I'll no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, we can go together and then I'm also going to go by myself. Yeah. So I thought we might just start the conversation um, with maybe your experience um, just with Wonder Woman as a character, because like we've talked about how we came to comics not that long ago. It's, I mean, I think I, I know what prompted you to, um, you know, kind of really get into the characters when the new 52 stuff, mm-hmm. uh, when we were just collecting, it was a great storyline with, um, Awesome art by Cliff Chang. Yes. Brian Azzarello wrote it. Is that? Yeah, I think so. But I thought maybe if you wanted to just talk about your experience with the character before the movie. I mean, so you all, I growing up, you know, I didn't watch the Linda Carter. That was before my time. Lucky. I know. (laughs) That I didn't watch it. Did you see it? Have you seen those? No, just what they showed in the preview or the beginning of the Alamo draft. So I never was a fan of the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Like, and I get that other people have an affinity for that character and and that's fine. But she just was never for me. It was just kind of, it seemed cheesy and goofy and, um, but that also might be unfair because I never did really watch it, but there was nothing about that portrayal that was appealing to me to like seek it out to watch it. Then when we did start getting into comics and we picked up the new 52 wonder woman, I had already had as a kid, a real interest in Greek mythology. Like that was something that, um, and I wish that we had the same book. I had, Dallaire's Greek myths. Mm. I wish we had that for the kids. I read that over and over and over and over again. Um, and so it was cool to to have a character that had some of that stuff, those familiar and beloved to me as a child with this really cool female character who is strong um, and also loving um, and just really badass. Mm-hmm. We also read... The Wonder Woman history, what's it called? Yeah, the Jill Lepore book. I don't remember. I only made it halfway through. I never finished it. I never finished the whole thing either. I made it more than halfway. But 
Um, like that just, I don't remember what it was called, though. Yeah, I don't. Why? I mean, I could, I could peek yeah, out and sorry. look. It's sitting on the bookshelf right now. But um, I mean, at that point, I already had my Wonder Woman tattoo just from partly the loving the the visual style of Cliff Chang from the Wonder Woman New Fifty Two books, but also um, loving the character from those books. Yeah. Um, but reading that Wonder Woman creation story, like not the Wonder Woman at, like creation story is how her her character like in the books, but like how the creator of Wonder Woman was in the world right. and then grew to create this character in his story, um, really so. solidified my love and appreciation for for wonder woman as a character who was originally made as a feminist character yeah so which they're doing a biopic of uh william marston really what's it yeah yeah he's yeah. got three names right yeah i don't remember the, the other enough. name um, yeah but. i mean it's really cool that that he was before his time as like a, a feminist yeah um What's interesting to me is some people have used the the argument of Wonder Woman's um, weaknesses is you know when she's bound by by a man um, to be like that's like her, her greatest weakness and as like her being submissive, but it's actually the opposite. It means that's like the only thing that holds her back is that. Right. Does that make sense? So I thought that was really, yeah. I, I, I mean, I love it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the movie itself though. So it's um, Gal Gadot, obviously uh, reprising her role from Batman v Superman. Yes. And, uh, you know, Patty Jenkins, uh, director, which is funny. You know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about representation or there's a lot of talk about representation uh, leading into this movie because it's you know a female-led superhero movie or just female-led movie period um and whether that would be successful and it's been extremely successful yes um things like headlines that warner brothers is taking a huge chance on a director whose last film was a small indie project and you know, people rewriting that headline it's like Warner Brothers invests $150 million in, Oscar, you know, Academy Award winning director. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, same same thing as uh, with Black Panther. You know, I, I see a two minute trailer and it looks awesome. But that representation, um, which is becoming more of a an addressed issue. Right. Um you know, that probably means a lot more to, to other people than to me. I mean, we obviously took the family and Tegan. Um, some of the faces she made during this movie <laughs> were uh, on a par with the uh, most excited that I've ever seen her. Yeah. So, which was really cute. I just think that it is sad that we are in a place in the world where the value of of the entertainment factor in a movie 
um, or the success, I guess, in the movie will be affected by the gender or ethnicity of the person starring in and or directing the movie. Like, that is sad. If a good movie is a good movie, it's a good movie. And if it's directed well, it's directed well. And um, I mean, I love that that there's more of of this and that it that it's being talked about but but the 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 sad truth is that that it's an issue because there are people who will criticize more or just not see it because it's not yeah traditionally I, directed and starred yeah i mean i agree it's a bummer but at least it's at least the opportunity is there now. Yes. Um, but the, so but like baby the, steps, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> but like, but the fact that there are people out there that are affected in this way by what they will and will not watch is right. stupid to me. Yeah. Um, but this movie was amazing. So right. if those stupid people don't want to see it, then they're missing out on something awesome. Yeah. And the the whole Alamo Draft House women only showings issues and blah, blah. Yeah, that's stupid. It's stupid. I mean it, it's just whatever. I, yeah. But let's talk about the movie itself yes. because it was it was really good. Um it's kind of like a throwback kind of movie like from from the beginning where they use this kind of um storytelling device where they start in the present day and mm-hmm. you know she finds the photograph and and it's you don't see a lot of like flashback storytelling movies it seems like um there's also been a lot of talk about this movie maybe saving the the dc universe oh uh, i see that the, the, oh yeah for sure um because it has been you know while they have obviously made a ton of money on these movies um and I enjoy them uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. They they are, or they have been pretty critically panned and they are really dark and the story's maybe not the best. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the darkness of the movies, you know, this one, uh, they have that brief intro and then they, the flashback because it is an origin story mm-hmm. and it starts uh, on Themyscira, Them- Themyscira, uh, the paradise island. And it is, you know, gorgeous, right? It's amazing. Sunlit Greek island full mm-hmm. of uh, these Amazon women. What do you think of of the time on on the island? Um, the the little girl stuff was cute, maybe a, a little drawn out for me. You think so? Just a little bit, but I no, I like I feel how like they because it's an origin story. You're seeing how she becomes who she is, which ultimately leads her to um, to aspect of it. Yeah, like you know, that that you see that that's just a part of her nature yeah. that she, she wants to do this thing, but that she's also loved and she grows up in this, this beautiful society. That's, I mean, almost yeah. utopian. Yeah. You know? I like that. They didn't um, shy away from that. Um, Greek mythology, God origin story from, the comics because I, it hasn't always been that. And I think mm-hmm. that was a Rucka um, thing from what I read. I mean, they just pull it right out of the comics. They're not like 
uh, separating themselves from that at all, mm-hmm. which, um, the story, I really like the storytelling on, on Themyscira, especially cause they use the, uh, the artwork of the gods to kind of tell the story of, um, you know, Zeus and Ares and, um, how Themyscira came to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then Steve Trevor shows up, uh, Chris Pine, who, you know, is, um, really good and everything. I don't know. He's just very, yeah. um, I don't know. He's really good. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things the, the movie does well is as the non superhero still gives him agency. Um, and, uh, uh, a, a big role to play in, in her life and her development. Um, right. Especially once they make it to the, to the real world and his appearance, you know, leads to the discovery of the mascara and this, um, really cool battle scene on the beach. Things start rolling and, and when they wind up, you know, in, in London and they have the kind of quiet character building scenes where she meets Etta. And, um, actually I heard a lot of, um, talk about the ice cream scene, which I kind of missed cause I had to run out of the theater. Yeah. Um, which sounds like it was a bad time to go. <laughs> it was such a small thing, but it yeah, was I think that's fun. one of the um, one of the things about this movie that kind of sets it apart, though. Uh, those small things all th- throughout it, mm-hmm. right? Um, the dancing scene uh, in the village later on. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one of the coolest parts of that uh, first. See, uh, few scenes in London I thought was the homage to the 1978 Superman yeah movie. that's um, really cool I'm glad that you sent that to me because there's no way that I would have like yeah. pulled that out and but it's clearly on purpose yeah well definitely and after after I sent that to you like a couple of days after probably I was reading an article and they had a this breakdown of a scene YouTube clip where the director is actually talking over the scene and she, I mean, explicitly states that it was a throwback to that movie, um, with the bullet catching and mm-hmm. it was just so good. Um, as far as the, the development of the characters in the movie and, uh, how, how slow they are to get to the, to the, the wonder woman stuff, mm-hmm. like where she's in full wonder woman garb. Um, it's really powerful. Yes. I think. I mean, there's it, everybody's seen it from the preview, but there's the no man's land scene mm-hmm. where um, where she crosses no man's land and is you know fighting to save these villagers. Like that's part of um, what makes this character so great, even in um, or especially in the movie. You know, she just she wants to help everyone, and you know, there's a lot of talk about how so at at some points in the movie, some people thought it was almost corny, like the the love is what's important um, aspect of the storyline. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I saw a lot of pushback on that as far as like, that's yeah, just like people being true. sincere. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a sincere movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What did, what did you think of, I mean, the no man's land thing. And then when they get to the village and there's the, the, uh, I don't know if it was a church or a clock tower. Um, yeah, that's a cool scene too. Very awesome. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like this movie was touching it more ways than 
than Batman v, v Superman. You know, I feel like that was supposed to be more emotionally, like, what's the word I'm looking for? It was supposed to be more emotional as far as understanding these characters and and then it then it actually played out in Batman v Superman, you know. Um Yeah, I would say I it was like distinctly it did, lacking in, in emotion. Yeah. And <laughs> um, so and and it was supposed to be there. Yeah, you, know, you feel like because of their connection and their with their parents yeah. and the 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 orphanness or the yeah, the mother connection you, and to hear you describe what was supposed to be there makes it makes it hurt even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like they really got it right, or she really got it right with with Wonder yeah. Woman and, and how these these scenes where there's all this darkness around and horrible stuff happening, there's still like hope and light and love and and humanity. Yeah. Um that were, it was just really beautiful and fun and exciting to watch. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like it touched on everything and was really, really amazing. Yeah. The other thing about the no man's land, um, scene is that, you know, they waited to break out her, uh, her music. Yeah. Which, you know, the score, uh, was it's like the most brilliant score. Yeah. So obviously there was a different, uh, composer for, the movie itself and mm-hmm. they um adapted her her theme music which is still awesome it's too bad he's not doing more <laughs> superhero yeah. movies but it definitely would have been a mistake to um to not use it yes you know i, I was kind of worried that they just use it in the trailer as like a yeah i was um, concerned too i was wondering what was going to happen with that yeah but they just adapted it you know and worked it into the to the mm-hmm. overall score of the movie but um it was uh, just really awesome. And then the last um, 20 minutes of the, the movie does kind of turn into a, a more typical, you know, big um, superhero battle piece. scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I, I guess it would have been cool if they had found a different way to, to do that. But I really, I mean, I thought the scene itself was, was pretty awesome. Yeah, and, I feel like and, they needed it too in order for it to be... Yeah in order for Wonder Woman to be set apart as not just a cool warrior who's got some like special equipment, but to really show her full strength and power because it wouldn't have been right to do that with a human enemy. Yeah. Um, So it needed to be there to, to show the, the superhumanness of her. There wouldn't have been any other fair way to yeah. show it, I guess. Um, and the rest of the cast was was really good. Yeah. You know, the, the little traveling party they have. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guys who were in that old photo from Batman v Superman. And um, Danny Houston is the general. I, I think that's his name. His last name's definitely Houston. Uh, and then Dr. Poison. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure what her name was, but David Thewlis. No. He was really having a pretty good year i do want to mention that i figured it out yeah i mean they did try a little misdirection it was we don't have to i'm just (laughs) i just needed to point out that i figured it out yes you did i was very impressed were you (laughs) good um 
but yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess that'd probably wrap it up, but, uh, go see it. We're, we were pretty happy. Yeah. Um, and so were the kids. Uh, but I mean, unless you had anything else, we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> yes. It's lunchtime. I have to take care of my health. I got my first bloody nose today and it was traumatic. <laughs> I could tell by the abject fear in your eyes when you stepped out of the bedroom. <laughs> it's never happened that, to me before. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll be back um, hopefully next week. We can do it a little more regularly. The plan was to get whatever. <laughs> our vacation just kind of screwed up our schedule. Um, we were ready to go last week. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, see you again soon, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it.